Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Greer Method, the podcast. I am your host, executive coach, and founder of Greer Method Complete Coaching, where we and my team of coaches uh, help you to establish good core habits, build your skill and technique so you're doing the right things in the right way, and manage your intensity so that you don't get pushed to that point of overwhelm and even injury uh, where you're feeling like you're just burned out. So uh, I am excited for this episode today because I have a wonderful guest on today. His name is Jared Taylor of Live True with JT. And Jared is, I think we connected from uh, through LinkedIn and then we started having some conversations and he lives where I used to live in Arizona. And uh, he has been doing this Grand Canyon hike, which uh, is from rim to rim to rim. So if you're not familiar with the Grand Canyon, which I don't expect you to be, that's a 48-mile hike, which there's signs all over the canyon saying don't attempt to go to the bottom and back to the top in the same day because you could die. And this guy uh, attempts to, to do that trek in about 16 hours. Now, I personally have done this, and you'll hear a little bit of my experience with the Grand Canyon um, as we talk about Jared's experience with the Grand Canyon as well. But this is just a wonderful episode because we really talk in, we get deep into how people can live true. What does that actually mean? We talk about the dangers of comparing yourself to other people and how that impacts your effort in uh, very often a negative way. We talk about how failure in the Grand Canyon has brought Jared face to face with kind of some ugly truths that he had to work through, um, but also just the realities of maybe the way that his mindset was beforehand and how he was thinking about things. So we also talk about how failure helps uh, to shatter the perceptions of our limits so that true transformation can actually happen. So this episode does not disappoint. Jared is such a good, authentic man, and it was wonderful just getting into his head about everything and, and uh, learning from him. So please, if you like this episode, please go to iTunes. Uh, or po- wherever you're listening to your podcast, leave a comment, rate us five stars so that we can help get this message out and share it with everybody who needs it, um, which again, m- is many of us in the world today. So uh, sit back and listen to this episode of Greer Method, the podcast with Jared Taylor. Welcome to the show, Jared. Thank you for coming on and for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. It's an honor to be on your show. Let's talk. Let's just start right off with the live, live true. We're going to get into the Grand Canyon, but I know that once we do, we might just live there the whole time. So talk, let's talk about live true with JT. What is, what started you on that path? What is it? Give people kind of an overview of, of what you're trying to do there. Right. So in my professional life, I am a sales manager and I work with a lot of uh, salespeople, coaching and mentoring and and all that kind of thing. And uh, about a year or so ago, a couple of my people, they, you know, pulled me aside and said that I had made a significant impact in their life. And, you know, it just is born out of a desire to want it to, to do more. Um, and live true is kind of like um, personal, it's personal development, inspiration, motivation, and life lessons from an ordinary guy. I'm just a regular guy, I, but I like to do, I want to do extraordinary things. And um, living true is, 
is really being the you that you really are inside and um, being finding out because a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of times I think um, our society is built in such a way and we grow up sort of wanting to hide who we are and I think over time sometimes we maybe even forget who we are and so live true is sort of getting back to to you and being comfortable being being who you are and I feel like a lot of happiness comes from from that and I'm hoping to to really just help people um, to go on that road and to be more comfortable in their own skin so to speak I love the idea of it being, you know, pulling out what's already inside, right? Because it's certainly, there's a couple different ways you can look at coaching. You can look at coaching and you can say, you know, I, I coach people to, you know, build them, build a new them and, and build all these new skills and, and abilities. Um, but there's another side of it and more from the psychology side is people already have this greatness within them. They already right. have just amazing potential within them. And right. so, you know, the, the more effective way of coaching is to help people bring that out and really tap into it. So give us some examples of where you've seen or where you feel like society is kind of crowding out maybe the, the true us. Well, let's see. That's a good, that's a great question. Um, one, of the, one of the sort of distinctions, I think, is if you ever, you ever meet somebody where you just sort of click, right? just sort of click. Um, Only if and, they have the same name as me, Jared. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, how, how can you go wrong, right? With, <laughs> right. With a name like that. Um, and what I'm getting at is that uh, you meet somebody and you just click and you feel comfortable and you can just do, be, speak, say. You're not sort of always filtering, always filtering. I think that um, society is has become so superficial and judging someone by the way they look, judging somebody by the way they dress, judging somebody by their bank account or perceived bank account or the things that they've collected um, has become sort of the, 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 um, the operation, the way that people just, just sort of do things. And what happens is people are sort of not, I, want, I don't want to say forced, but sort of move towards this trying to be something that they're not right and when I say you meet somebody that you just click with it some unfortunately it seems to happen fairly rare right it's a very rare thing and it's like oh they're my they're I just click with them they're a good friend and I think it's just because we don't feel like we have to have that wall up yeah and so with society being the way that it is so superficial and so um you know looking on this sort of predetermined way that people should be uh, in order to be valuable um, causes people to put up these walls, causes people to put up these signs, causes people to, to, to put all this effort out to be um, something they're really not. And that is, it, people are not comfortable with yeah. that. What, what are some of the biggest threats that, that create that? So you talked about some, maybe some of the characteristics of it, right? Like, judging people off of, you know, perceived bank account or what we wear or how we look. Um, would you say that those are also the threats or maybe, I guess I'm trying to get to how do people create that? Where are people most vulnerable to that type of, you know, perception, I guess. I honestly, um, now that as you're thinking, I honestly think it come, it comes down to where people are attaching 
their self-worth, mm. right? So if your self-worth, if you're creating this link that your self-worth depends on your bank account, well, then you've, you've kind of given up control of how you feel. And now you're become more driven by this thing. And if, you know, things go wrong, you don't, you don't have control over it. Like if, if, you know, when the market crashed back in 2008, 2009, and you know, things are, are terrible. I heard a story about a billionaire who lost everything. He committed suicide, but when, but it wasn't very long after that, maybe a month, all of his money somehow came back and he would have been just fine, but he, he, he ended it. And that's, that to me is crazy. Or another person who, um, who just puts all their, their sort of self-worth in their appearance. And so you end up with situations like anorexia, you end up with these, these um, disorders um, because people are going to these extremes to try to feel better about themselves. But if we are placing our self-worth on something like doing the Grand Canyon, <laughs> I, we're, we're setting ourselves up for, for disappointment. We're setting ourselves up for failure. And, and then, we're, we're, we're keeping ourselves sort of in a cage, in a prison. How does that look different for, because I know you, do, you work a lot with, with the youth. You know, you're obviously a mentor coach, um, but you're also a professional. You're working you know, with adults as well. Mm-hmm. How does that look different for, for our youth and as adults, that idea of placing their uh, self-worth in some of these other areas? It's hard. It's hard. And, you know, one of the things... Um, that I think about too, as we didn't talk about this, was is the overindulgence in, in social media. Mm-hmm. You know, I, social media is awesome. You know, it's great. It's a great way to uh, communicate with people, to get a message out. It's a great way to, to, to develop friendships. But I think an overindulgence and a beginning to, um, to again, place your self-worth on how many likes you have, how many followers you have, how many um, responses or comments you, ha- you have on whatever you've posted or whatever it is. Um, I think teenagers are especially at risk because they, they can um, put a, whole, a heavy weight on a very superficial thing. And um, it, can, it, you know, it can cause some serious heartache, right? And so with, with the youth, um, the the desire is the the desire for acceptance is so incredibly intensified. Yeah, it's 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 and it and some of the things that I try to encourage them uh, to 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 hold to their own principles, to have their own values, their own principles, and let those be their guide. And you know, with our own kids, um, our kids, you know, we three we have three kids, and and uh, my oldest is twenty one, my youngest is eleven. So that gives you. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So we've gone through teenagers and we have one. She's not around, so I could say this, but we have one. She's, I think she's going to be our toughest challenge as far as a teenage life is concerned. Um, But we're constantly trying to reinforce hey, you know, you've got to hold to your beliefs and if, and to your values and to your standards. If, if your friends, if the people that you're wanting to be around don't respect that, then they're not really friends. Yeah. And, and, of, and of what value are they to you really? And it sounds harsh, but at the same time, the more somebody, um, you know, weakens or, or loosens, I, I'm not sure I know the word for this, but releases their boundaries, so to speak, 
um, and does or participates in behaves uh, in a way that is not congruent with what they believe inside. Yeah, it erodes their soul and it erodes their happiness. Yep. No, I totally agree. I think, and, and I asked the question of how does it look differently? Because I don't think that the kids are more susceptible to it than adults. I think we all are susceptible and I think it looks different. I think, you know, maybe for the youth, it, it is more tied up into the likes and the Instagram, you know, the posts and the comments. And I think we definitely see that in adults as well, but I think adults, they tie it more up into the salary you know, the, the, the fancy cars or the big houses or that promotion. And when we don't get that promotion, we're just upset or we're frustrated because it says something about us. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and feel I feel undervalued. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and I also think though, that one difference could be that adults are far better at hiding it Yeah. because you practice year after year. Right. Yep. And so now they're, they're, better at hiding it and better at suppressing it and better at lying to themselves. Yep. So how do, how do we start to break out of it? So I'm that person I'm, and I'm just somehow starting to develop that sense of awareness where I'm like, man, every single day I'm living for somebody else, something sure. else. And sure. I'm petrified to step out and actually be the authentic me. So mm-hmm. what, what is my first step? What do I do? Well, you know, I don't have a little format pad answer for you, but uh, one thing I would come up with is it's always healthy to take a little bit of a self inventory, both of your interests, but also of your talents. And sometimes you need help with that, right? Yeah. Speak to someone who, a family member or a, or a very close friend that can help you to develop this list of attributes that your 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 talents, your the positive things about you. That's that would be a great start. I think the other thing would be to uh, practice uh, gratitude and develop a, an attitude, an attitude of gratitude, right? I, you know, that seems so cliche, but it's so true. Yeah. You know, the more we can, and a, a great way to do that is just start small. Every day, write down three things that you're grateful for. Yep. The next day, write down three different things that you're grateful for. And as, as you do that, um, I think that it, there's a lot of healing that goes on and this feeling that um, life is actually better than you think, you begin to see it. Yep. You begin to see it. And I think that that helps people feel so much better about their situation, so much better about who they are personally. Yep. Um, and then, you know, starting with small steps. And the other thing I would say would be to set goals, you know, um, and you could add to that, a regular exercise program because you and I both know you don't have to run a hundred miles. You don't have to run, you know, a marathon. I know you PR'd in a, a marathon recently. It was pretty awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I saw that. I was like, whoa, that, <laughs> you know, that was, that's fast. That was Thank you. Cool. But people don't have to have to do that to start feeling good. You could right. just, you know, start with a walk around the block kind of thing. I love all of that because I think, you know, kind of going back to your first thing, there's, there's, you know, the, the idea of having gratitude is that's science backed, right? So mm-hmm. you start seeing, looking for gratitude, then you start seeing things to be grateful for. Sure. And that rewires the brain versus the criticism that when we're always looking for criticism or things that are wrong, then we're, you know, finding things that are wrong. And then we, we wire our brain. Um, and so I, I love that. I also love the idea of just establishing, take, take the inventory 
but also think about who you want to be. I think uh, yeah. I hear all the time, especially when, usually when people are talking about millennials, they mm-hmm. say, you know, they're, they're trying to find out who they are, discover who they are. And I just think so much of that is choosing who you're going to be and choosing values, choosing those principles, and then practicing to live it, practicing mm-hmm. to be, to be that person in every situation and every circumstances. And, you know, I work with a lot of clients where I say, once you decide who you're going to be, you can't make apologies for it. Right. That's and good. you have to take ownership for when you're not that person, but then you have to be unapologetic in living that way. And, and, and I think that's kind of where we allow people to be authentic because there is pressures from, so, you know, the social media, there's pressures from right. our colleagues right. and, our, and our coworkers and our, and our neighbors and people that we see everywhere we go. And so if we're in this world of comparison and then we're just trying to fit the mold for wherever we're at, yeah, it's going to be a really difficult road to find who we are because you know, we'll never be comfortable in our own skin. Kind of right, thing. right. It, it, and that's, I, I love what you're saying. And, and it's so true. I mean, you, you, I've mentioned this, I've mentioned this before in other in videos and stuff like that. But if you look at, you look at fingerprinting, you look at retinal scanning, you look at DNA, there's nobody, no one, no one on this planet. There never has been, there never will be. That's just like you. Right. Incredible. And so when, Incredible. when, when we try to compare, when we're comparing, it's, you, you, that saying apples to apples, or, there, it's impossible. There are, there is no apple out there that's like you, right? So it's We're really like not something, apple, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, when, you know, as far as a comparison is concerned, I've heard it said, and I believe it, if you're going to compare yourself, compare yourself to yourself. Yep. Don't, not other people, but compare yourself to how you were last year, last yep. month you know, five years ago, and all of a sudden you start to see, wow, I actually have made progress. Pretty cool. And that feels good. And I'm, I, yeah. we'll, get, we'll get into the Grand Canyon. I'm, and maybe I'll just ask it. So you've done a ton of training for the Grand Canyon. Um, you've been in it a couple times. I don't want to go too deeply into it just yet. Sure. But how, how often have people come up to you or have you been in conversation? And because they know what you've done, they belittle their own achievement. So something like, well, I only went out and I only ran a mile Mm -hmm. or it was just a 5k or -hmm. it was just three miles. Mm -hmm. Have you, have you experienced that? And what's your response to that when that happens? Very regularly, very regularly. And, and I, I feel, I I feel actually, um, it makes me uncomfortable because I feel, uh, I feel a little bad. Uh, I, my heart goes out to them and I immediately say, whoa, 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 that you just did this. Yeah. You know, what, what did you do before? You know, is that what you wanted to do? You did it. You should give yourself credit for that. That's awesome. Cause I remember, I remember when running a mile was a struggle, you know, <laughs> and I know, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter if, if my bandwidth or my ability or whatever has expanded to so many miles or so whatever distance, um, it's the same as someone else's bandwidth that, you know, 400 meters. Yeah. It, if it's hard at 400 meters, it's the same as, you know, and I, I you know a lot of the endurance runners out there and you can comment if you tell me if you agree with that, but I'm trying to make a comparison that, um, what was hard for me then um, isn't hard for me now, but it was hard for me then. 
and yeah. everybody who is where they are started where they were. So with people like that, I just do everything I can to encourage them. I do everything I can to get the conversation off of me and yeah. onto how great they are and what they've done and try to point out, um, you know, the progress that they've made and, and encourage them and just be, I, I'm impressed with somebody who, who runs a mile, who's never done it before. Right. That to me is great. It's awesome. Yep. I, I, I think, I, I mean, I'm, I respond very similarly where I say, Hey, do not, do not cut yourself short. A mile is a mile. Right. You know, and there's very few people who run even a mile and you did a mile or you did that walk around the track or whatever you got off the couch. Like those exactly. are yeah. those accomplishments. You put the remote down, you turned off Netflix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, high five. You did something. Right. I think I feel so frequently where, you know, and so Greer Method, we really focus on helping people to achieve consistency, mm -hmm. build a technique, you know, do it the right way, and then manage their intensity. So not too much, too fast, not too little, too late kind of a thing. Love that. And I say the, the number one threat to the entire Greer Method is comparison, because we adjust our efforts based on how we're comparing. And so we see that person who's running 50 miles and we, mm -hmm. now we, we think ours is less. So mm -hmm. one of two things happens, either we feel bad about ourselves and we just totally pull away or we start pushing ourselves harder and faster than we should. And we too push soon. ourselves to injury or yes. overwhelm or burnout, right? All of those things that we see. Yep. So that comparison, and you know, it's easy to, it's easy to look at it when we think about running side by side, but we also do that when we see, you know, the person right next to us who seems to have their life totally buttoned up, you know, yep. they're getting promotions and they drive a nice car and mm -hmm. we can play that same comparison. So I, I love your analogy of the thumbprint, the retina. You're never going to find somebody like you. Right. They've got a completely different set of circumstances. So totally, totally love that. Tell us how you got into endurance racing. Tell me how you got into the Grand Canyon and maybe first start with what is your relationship with the Grand Canyon? How would you define that? Well, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, I, that's really, um, honestly, that's a hard, that's hard to answer. It's a part of me. It's in my heart, it's in my soul. It's in my blood. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, in, in a way that I can't, it's very difficult to explain more so than any other place on the planet. You know, um, I, I it, it seems logical to say it's a love hate relationship, but I can't say that because yeah. it's just a love relationship. You know, uh, I just love that place. And it's, it's so much deeper than just a beautiful place for me. You and know, it is it's beautiful. It's yeah, it's amazing, right? Yep. You, but and you and you've been there. You see the you see the pictures. People on this uh, watching this uh, podcast or video cast or live stream, whatever you want to call it, if you see the pictures of the Grand Canyon, that's great, and it looks cool, and it looks amazing, but it's nothing compared to actually being there. Nothing. Yeah. Right. A Amen. So I'm going to just briefly share uh, how I got introduced to it. And so for those who are, are new to myself and to Jared, um, both of us have endeavored to hike the Grand Canyon from rim to rim to rim, which is basically, you know, down one side, across the bottom, up the other side, and then you turn around and come back. A total of about 48 miles. Um, and most people, well, 
first of all, you're not supposed to do it at all. Right. <laughs> There's signs everywhere that say- They don't even don't want you going down and back again. Yeah. They don't even want you doing that. <laughs> it says, don't do it in the same day, literally because you can die. So right. you're just not supposed to do it. Uh, people do it anyways, and lots of people do it. And they typically try to do it in you know a quick amount of time. Uh, 20 hours a day, whatever it might be. And then, then of course, there's people who hike with backpacks and they're down there for weeks. And so that's, that's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I first got introduced really to endurance racing because I overheard some guys at work where I was working in Arizona at the time talking about this hike in the Grand Canyon. But they were talking about it like it was one of the hardest things that they were ever going to have to do. And I literally... <laughs> <laughs> this just shows my ignorance, right? I literally kind of like turned around in my chair and I was like, guys, are you being serious right now? It's just walking. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. So my, That's so awesome. the guy who was kind of heading it up, who now is, you know, one of my very, very best friend, totally cool as a cucumber. He's like, Hey, you should come with us. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, mm -hmm. okay, sure. Why not? That started, I embarked on this journey that when we pulled up to the Grand Canyon, uh, I had never seen it, never been there, seen the pictures like everyone. Mm -hmm. And I, lit I, I almost lost my lunch just right. looking at it. Number one, totally beautiful. There's just yeah. not a picture that does it justice. But the other thing was, it is huge. Yeah. And the idea that I'm going to go hike down into the bottom of that thing across it and up the other side and come back uh, unbelievable and that my first experience was uh absolutely crazy so but i want to hear about your experiences because you now have done it a handful of times um and, and just maybe maybe take us through the timeline of your grand canyon rim to rim to rim experiences all the way up to where you're at now okay so it's so cool to hear your story because I didn't know that. I didn't know that's how you got into endurance racing because that's exactly, almost exactly my story. See? So we were friends. <laughs> yeah. It, yep. Yep. I mean, not quite the same apple, but pretty close. Yeah. The, there you go. Uh, I have another friend also named Jared. He came to me end of 20, uh, end of 2014 and he said, Hey, you want to go hike the Grand Canyon with us? And I was like, uh, isn't that like 50 miles? And he's like, about 50 miles. And he's like, well, yeah. And I said, well, that sounds cool. Um, I've always wanted to do a 50 miler or whatever. And, he, and then he goes, yeah, we're going to do it in 24 hours. And I said, what? I was like, no, no, dude. And I, I was thinking this guy is, does, he doesn't even comprehend what he's suggesting what he's suggesting right he does not know i don't even how is he how is he even saying this i was like no 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 and so i was yeah and you know but i was actually kind of on the fence well he kept going around to our mutual friends asking them hey you know and recruiting all these people and one by one these guys are signing up and i'm thinking they 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 don't know what they're doing yeah you know um they're just this is ignorance I, and and um Apparently I was the only one that knew was insane, you know? And, and, and then one of my friends, one of our mutual friends, he said the exact same thing. He goes, I, he said, he told me he was doing it. And I said, really, you're doing that? He goes, yeah, it's just hiking, you know? And I was like, okay. So we went 
And I actually trained, Jared. I did train for that. I didn't train properly, but I trained. Nice. I could do a thousand lunges in about 35 minutes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, and I was like pretty proud of myself thinking, that's all I need. I'm doing this. I got it. I'm done. Right. Well, uh, that, that's not what happened. So I, I, I barely made it to the other side. And there was a situation where it's, it's one o'clock in the morning. I have my headlamp on. We are spread out mm. and I'm all by myself and I, I desperately want to quit. I was well deep into a serious bonk my, and, and I didn't realize it. I just thought I was, you know, I didn't really, at the time, I didn't really understand that terminology. Um, I had heard about it in cycling before, but it never happened to me. And so, but here I was and I, I had an IT band problem. I know you're gr real good yep, friends with that. IT band issues. Um, but for those of those of you out there that aren't, it's like taking an ice pick or a knife and stabbing the side of your, the, your knee. It's excruciating with every step. And I, I had no way out. Well, the only way out was to go to the top and there, you can't just quit. You can't just say, Oh, I'm done. Right. And so on this, on the way up, I I'm, I'm, I'm again going, why in the world did I ever agree to this? This is dumb. I don't even like hiking. I would say, and yeah. I, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm ranting and I'm grumbling and I'm complaining and I'm in pain and I want to quit. I want to die. I thought dying would have been so much better. And then, um, I see, I hear, uh, you know, hooping and hollering in some real energetic voices off in the distance. And soon I see some headlamps and there's a group of trail runners and they're coming down. And I look at them and I thought, they're idiots. You know what I mean? Like, what? And, and, I, and I'm like, oh, sure, you're happy now. Just wait till you get to the other side. You know what I mean? And I'm like, what are they thinking? But I could, I could readily tell they were in way better shape than me. And there was a part of me that um, I, I both envied and despised them, right? So I, I wanted, I thought, wow, they're so far. We talked about the comparisons, right? They're so far and beyond yeah. what I could ever be. And in my mind, I was, I think I was 44 at the time. I thought, one, I would never want to do that. And two, even if I did, it's impossible for me. Mm. Even if I did, I'm too old. I could never do that. Maybe when I was 20 or even 30, but not, you know, so forget it. Get it out of your mind and just continue your suffering up the hill until you can get out of here, you know? And so... We got to the top. We, that was it. The top of the North Rim. I, I you know, couldn't couldn't go any further. Had to take the bus, bus, the bus of shame, back to the other side, <laughs> and pay eighty five bucks to do it. Right. Yeah. And and I, at the top, I said I will never ever come back here again. But it wasn't very long after we we drove away. I think the next day, I knew. I was going back, you know? And yeah. so, yeah. And, and so I, I, you know, I knew I was going to go back. I didn't know when. Um, and finally, a few years later, so that was May of 2015 when we did that. May of 2017, um, we went back. But earlier on in, in January, um, I was thinking about doing it, thinking about doing it and decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this and actually went back with some of the original crew. And the thing that was crazy about that, Jared, is everybody in that crew, everybody, except for me, everyone else had done it. 
right? In 2015, yeah. we had this group of 12 people and only five made it. Wow. And I wasn't one of them. Well, now going back, we had five people and four of us were of that original five or of that original crew. They were four of the five that actually made it. And then there was me. Wow. And so I had sort of a lot of pressure. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the only guy that can't do this. Mm. So we, you know, I started training and training differently, doing a lot more running, more hiking, more being out on the trail. Um, I didn't do a whole lot of strength training. I just did a lot more cardio and just being out on the trail, doing hills and stuff like that. Um, we went back in May and, um, you know, I guess a lot of people are going to see this or seeing this right now, right? So I have to be careful what I say. But I, I wanted to go faster and we, we kept kind of an easy pace and uh, the strategy is you don't want to, you know, burn yourself yeah. you know, over rev and, and be too tired and do too much too soon. And we did a nice, uh, really nice pace. And, and I, I really wanted to go faster. And I kept asking, them, hey, when are we going to, when are we going to speed up? Because we had trained at a, a little bit of a faster pace. And then uh, we stopped at the North Rim, had dinner, and on our way back, um, you know, I kept telling these other two guys that I trained with, I, you know, hey, let's get back to our, our, our training pace. Let's do our training pace. And, and I didn't know it, but uh, my friend Jared, <laughs> he, was, he, was really, he was really struggling, and he was trying, mm. he wasn't saying much about it, you know. And I was filming it, right? I had my GoPro, and, and I had it in my backpack, so every time – I'd have to stop and get it out. So I would run ahead and, and I would get it out and I'd wait. And there came a point where I did that and I was just so far ahead of everyone. They, they, they weren't, they were there. And I, I kind of decided, well, I, I, you know, they'll catch up. I, I didn't want to wait. I just wanted to keep going. And I've just kind of reasoned in my mind, well, they'll catch up, they'll catch up. And I just took off, you know, and it, it, I got to the top. Um, at 6.30 in the morning, 20 hours and 38 minutes. And it was one of the best, you know, one of the best, uh, <clears throat> one of the best feelings ever, you know? Yeah. It's like, I was able to do something that I failed at doing. And here I was two years older at the time. Love that. Right. And shattered those beliefs, right? The, yes. I couldn't do that. I'm, yes. I'm too old for that. I'm, all of the, you know, all of the ideas that pop into your head when you, you make that comparison to this other group of people who are just cruising along, seems like things are easier for them. And you start justifying it mentally saying, well, they're younger. They, you know, I'm older. That's, 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 I missed that window kind of a thing. Right. And that happens, that happens so much. So I love yep. that you came back went at it anyways and 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 conquered and i mean i can hear and see the emotion in your face you know as this as as you relive that that experience amazing yeah and that uh once again after that we leave i'm thinking i got we got i could do this i can do this faster mm -hmm. you know and i had decided at the top i had decided i'm coming back you know i'm coming back and um one of the things that happened on the way up there, and I won't say who, but one of the ways what happened on our way up there, I was excited. To, I was pumped up. And, and honestly, leading up to that trip, I, there was a lot of anxiety that I had because I was all my fears and stuff. But um, 
on the way up there, I was like, hey, we, we could do this. We could do this in 20 hours. We could do this in 18 hours. And they're like looking at me like, dude. And then I said, we can do this in 16 hours. And one of them said, now you're kidding yourself, right? That's where the number comes from, 16 hours. I keep telling everybody, I want to do this in 16 hours. Well, that's where that, that number comes from. 20 and a half hours was tough, you know? Um, but I just felt like I could do more and, and going away from there, part of the, um, part of the motivation was sort of wanting to prove that guy wrong. But my motivation now really has nothing to do with that. It, it, that's part of it. That's a small part of it. It's a part of the, if you had a pie chart, right, that'd be a tiny little percentage. <laughs> but for, for me, it's, I, I go back to those trail runners and I go back to those thoughts um, that I had and see, now it's about running the Grand Canyon. It's about running it, you know, before it was a hike. And in order to do it that fast, and there are people that do it way faster than that. Sure. But for me, for me, 16 hours is like, that's the edge of my limit. Yeah. And I have to really become something more. So to answer your question earlier, where we are now, in the last year, and, I, and this whole year has been a crazy story, but... The last year I have run or up to, to, to now, I've run a little over 1,100 miles. I've lost 30 pounds and I've lost pretty much every one of my toenails, <laughs> except for one. There's one that's still holding on and, and you know, they grow back and stuff, but um, it's been, it, it, you know, I'm going through this sort of transformation, trying to become this guy that can do this thing that I once thought was utterly impossible. Talk more about that because I think that's such an interesting perspective, right? You, you recognize you're butting up against the, these, these limits, right? And yeah. real or perceived or otherwise, your thinking is, man, I need to become this person to be able to do this. I need to transform. I need to change. Where does that come from? What, like, just talk more about that because I think that's something that people need to hear. Yeah. Well, as I think about that, I think about your question, and we go back to earlier what we talked about earlier, living true. Um, I believe that I already am that person. Mm -hmm. I just have to get my, make my body catch up, you know? And, 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 and that's not to say that, that you don't expand and grow. I think it's more of a discovery. Mm -hmm. um, you discover that you, you actually are way more capable of, of yeah. doing these things like I, I always think it's in it's in, it's insane when people say oh I want to run a 5k and then they make it this big thing in their minds and they push it off and push it off and I always tell them well, well register schedule it start training you know just just commit and then you'll you'll do it you'll be able to do it and and then people you know in their minds it, it doesn't matter again it doesn't matter the distance it doesn't matter the the um the goal right? We're talking about running, we're talking about hiking and stuff, but it could be any goal, right? It, so much of it is how we think of it. And so um, getting more to the core of what's really in there for me, right? That, that spirit, that, um, that desire, whatever it is, I want that out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm digging it out a little bit at a time, one workout at a time, one challenge at a time. And it certainly is developing. Um, so I, I don't know if that's answering your question, but that's the way, the way I look at it is it's kind of like if you want to fly, you know, a bird has to flap their wings and, and the birds 
the bird is capable of flight. Yep. But they have to get their wings to that point where they're strong enough to carry them. Yeah. You know? And I think if you dream about going to these places, you know, whatever the destination is, however you want to define it, then you can go there. Just you got to go. You got to do it one step at a time. I love that. I, I and you're you're telling just such a beautiful story. So I think it was um, Ross Edgeley who just swam around Great Britain. Um, and I don't know to what extent, like how long he. Was, I don't. I don't know a ton about it, but I. I saw that he had done it. He had completed it. Um, he literally now is like going through rehab to reestablish strength in his legs because he's wow. been in the water for it. Just based on what I've read, it feels like weeks or months, but sure. he said, he said in, it's only in the face of exhaust of complete exhaustion that we find our most honest selves. And so the story I feel like you're sharing is that, right? That moment where you're coming up to on the North Rim, mm -hmm. you're, you're miserable, you see other people, you kind of are left in this face of like, okay, what, who, who am I? Mm -hmm. Who am I yep. right now? Yep. Am I this person who makes excuses, who is too old to do these things is, for whatever reason? And then you go to work and you put in the miles and you do the work and you come back and you conquer. Right. And, and yes, you, now you have a new goal and now that requires the same degree of, of grit and, and, and work ethic. But to your point, that's what people can become. People are comparing their education to other people's education. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. comparing their certain like lot in life and status to other people's and they're using it because of the comparison. They're using it to change their level of effort. Right. They're not putting right. in the work because, because of all of those beliefs. Right. So I just think your story is such a fantastic one and recognizing, okay, if I want to do this, then I've got to do some transformation and that is going to require dedication, commitment, you know, some, some hard work, probably some knowledge from other people of how, how do I actually do this? How do I train? How do I change that kind of a thing? So, and my, my story isn't totally different from yours. When I first started training for the Grand Canyon, my <laughs> and training is super loosely used. My idea was I was just going to play more basketball. <laughs> I, felt, awesome. <laughs> I felt like that would work. And like you, I ended up on the North Rim staring down at a uh, Tupperware full of cold spaghetti oh, and no. thinking, there is no way I'm going to walk 25 miles back. And yeah. it was me and another guy. And he literally wrote his wife's phone number in the dirt because we didn't have a pen or paper. Uh -huh. I hobbled up to the, the lodge in the North Rim, hitched a ride with a man named Tom who drove the baggage van. <laughs> and I listened for, you know, the next four and a half hours driving around that, that hole, uh, cramped in this van, thinking about, I can't believe I just failed. I can't believe I didn't, didn't yeah. finish, didn't yeah. make it out. And regretting that, you know, regretting that, that moment. Um, and then going back, I went back six months later and was able to actually, nice. you know, I introduced myself to a Stairmaster after, after that. Yeah. I was like, okay, I've got to do more to, to, to be more, to, yeah. you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. So, um, and to your point, you've got to chisel it out. You're already there. People, all of the things that I've done, I've now competed in seven Ironman triathlons, so awesome. a handful of marathons, Grand Canyon, mm -hmm. multiple times. And I've become 
much less impressed with myself and so much more impressed with what people can do. Yeah. And so helping people, that's why I love the live true is like you find that person and you can start making waves today. What's really going good. Yeah. What's really cool about what you just said, Jared, you gave me the image of, you think about uh, the master artist who's a sculptor and he has this big, huge chunk of marble, right? And he sees something in there and he's chiseling away a little bit at a time until the masterpiece emerges, right? The statue of this, you know, great person or whatever it is. And that's what I think about. And the other, as you were talking, the other thing that I um, think about, and see you, you went from, you know, failing on the, the Grand Canyon rim to rim to rim and uh, going back and becoming more and pulling this, you know, creating more of the statue to where you are now doing all these Ironmans and running and blazing fast marathon and all this stuff. And it started, you know, that failure was probably one of the best things 100%. that happened to you. You know, it's so cool. And what, the other thing you were talking about, the guy that swam around, um, uh, what he was, yep. and, what, and, and his comment about um, when you're only when you're extremely exhausted or that yep, you, you find your true self. Find your true self, yeah, your most honest self. That, that place, that place is gold. That's where the treasure is. And I want to get there. You know, I, wanna, I want that treasure because it just spills over into every other part of your life. Yeah. It just does. Let's go there. So, and, and, and we could talk all day about the Grand Canyon. So we'll have to have you back on and we'll talk more because I know you're gearing up to go again, right? Yes. Yes. Right. And in fact, I did go again and you saw the film. I failed. <laughs> so the goal to do it in 16 hours. Right. Um, and we, we, we I, I, I know I had the fitness, Jared. I know I had the fitness to do it. I, I just know I did. And I was so, and I figured out, I finally figured out what happened. I, I was so worried about getting dehydrated because mm -hmm. May it'll get, it'll get hot in the afternoon and, and you got to be on the, the, um, hydration. But I, I, I just drank a lot more when it was cooler in the morning. I drank a lot more. I was just on the water, on the water, on the water. I'm not going to get dehydrated. And, you know, uh, I didn't realize it. And I'm eating. I'm on my schedule. I'm eating. I'm eating. And then, uh, you know, I started feeling nauseous and everything. And the next thing you know, I have this crazy bonk that came from nowhere that I didn't even know. I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm doing my checklist. But there was, you know, I'm, I'm hydrated. I know I'm hydrated. I just peed like a racehorse. <laughs> you know? And I, I know I have calories. I had almost 1,500 calories, maybe, maybe just under 2,000 at that point, you know, 15 miles in. And I, I, was, I was just bewildered. What is going on? This never happened in training. I don't know what's happening. And I finally realized there was one thing that wasn't on my list, and that was electrolytes you know, and I had flushed them all out, didn't replace them. And then I've got this, you know, you get to the point where, it, it, you know, if you do look at the, do the studies, if you're depleted of electrolytes, your, your brain wants to shut down. Yeah. And so your body shuts down first to protect your brain. And that's actually what happened to me. Um, so <laughs> it, it, it took me twice as long. I had to spend the night at the ranger station, as you know, and yeah. um, that was one of the, the, <clears throat> I wasn't expecting this, but that was one of the most difficult <clears throat> days of my entire life.
Wow. But it was also one of the best. You know, um, I learned a lot that day. And uh, it took me probably two months of, of real hard, uh, just very deep, um, profound <laughs> emotion of just couldn't understand it was I was heartbroken I was so broken 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 I, I you know and I uh, just couldn't understand it and trying to process it but in the process of being determined to go back um, I began to realize that 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 failure like we talked about earlier was the best thing that could have happened yeah I believe if I would have done it that day I would have stopped I would have stopped training you know and I never would have um, made some of the most recent transformations that I am so excited about and so happy and so pleased with, I never would have gotten to that level. I never would have, you know, I'm pretty confident of that. So it was a gift. The failure was a gift. And now I can go back and I'll be, I'll be further along. I'll be better. And, and that, that is a reward for that. You know, I, I love that. And I, man, if more, if we looked at our failures like that, you know, really, what did we learn? You know, one of the things that I, when I work with clients on, you know, all of the things that we want to do and when things don't work out, sometimes it's harder to take that next action towards it, right? We feel more fear, we feel more worry. And so I'm always helping people to look at, look at the choices that you're, that the actions you're going to take through a lens of what can I learn? What new opportunity might I surface? Or what success could I realize? Mm -hmm. So I think and that's exactly what you just did. You know, you learned a lot there that now has fueled other transformations and right. has been that domino. And so talk to us about how that's over, you know, over spilled over into the rest of your life. I think when you, when you constantly are doing things that are outside of the realm of your comfort zone, your comfort zone expands, you know, and so other things. And, and you, the mindset that I have now is that I can do pretty much anything if I just manage it one, one step at a time, right? And in the Grand Canyon, it's one step at a time. You can't, you can't do it any faster right. than that. Yep. You can't, and you can't skip the steps. You, it's one step at a time. You can jump on a helicopter, but then you're not doing it. You're flying in a helicopter, right? So, and, and these gigantic goals that people think, like you mentioned earlier, lessons from the Grand Canyon. I'm actually going to be writing a book about the whole thing. And part of the tagline um, is lessons from the Grand Canyon, you know, and, and it is, I look at it this way, right? Life, um, the title of the book is uphill both ways, lessons <laughs> from the Grand Canyon, you know, and life really is like that. You hear the joke about, you know, you, you get kids complaining about walking to school and it's cold and, you know, and they complain and it's only half a mile or whatever. And then their grandparents or somebody say, you know, says the thing, well, I had to walk to school in the snow five miles uphill both ways. You shouldn't be complaining kind of thing, right? And I think about that and I think about the Grand Canyon. I think that life, life is uphill. Life is uphill both ways and you get, and sometimes that hill is awesome. And it's fun and you're elated and it's great to climb and you get to the top and you see vistas. And, and if you want to keep going in life, well, you're going to have to go through another Canyon. And then there's even places, there's easy places, there's wonderful, beautiful things to see. And, and then there's um, very difficult things. And those difficult things make life worth living. They make life, you know, the essence of a, 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 a life that you can enjoy is 
has to have the component of overcoming challenges. And fortunately, the world is sort of built in such a way that these challenges are thrust upon you whether you want them or not. And so that is the only way we grow. And, and I've realized, I've come to, to understand that the greatest happiness comes from, from growth, from progress, you know? And, and that's why you can get at the end of a race and, and just know that you did it and it was something you didn't think you could do and feel this amazing feeling, what, wow, you know? And then you, then you start setting these bigger goals for yourself, yeah. right? And so writing a book, well, I could do it one page at a time you know, one step at a time. Um, you can see my cat in the background. Um, other things, you know, whatever it is, like if someone wants to, to earn a million dollars or earn a hundred thousand or just get a, a cool new job or whatever, you can do it one step at a time. You figure out what you need. You know, I'm figuring out all, like you said, gathering knowledge, trying to get all the tips um, to, to make a better uh, attempt at the Grand Canyon to make sure I don't have that same re re thing the a repetitive thing yeah. right and so on and so forth um I, I forgot your original question i'm just sort of rambling now no i think it's i mean it's, it's powerful because you know my original question was how does it spill over and i think oh, okay okay the the idea of the the reality you are going to have to overcome obstacles yes right there's going yes. to be obstacles you've got to overcome them you've got mm -hmm. to face those challenges or you're not going to get where you want to go and that's just people listening should hear that loud and clear. If you're not confronting your obstacles, your challenges, if you're trying to avoid them, going around them, going under them, over them, just yep. avoiding them, putting you're them not off going to yep. get where you want to get. You've got to just face them totally head on. And I love the idea that you can't skip steps right. and it's so easy. And you know, so many metaphors come from a, mm -hmm. a mountain or a climb. Right. You can very easily look up, up the hill at everybody who's, up higher, you can look down the hill at people that are lower, but that is the comparison is what is going to steal your sense of accomplishment and achievement. Sure. And if you don't have achievement or accomplishment in your life, it's hard to set that next goal. Right. right. And so right. you should look at your three mile walk or that, that entry level job that you just landed as an achievement yep. and as a stepping stone to that next big goal. But if you look at that entry level job and say, well, it's only an entry level job. I'm still a failure. Right. And you are not going to be, you're not going to have the ambition you need to set that next goal. And, and what you just said. Step. Yeah. And what you just said inherent in that statement is a choice to be a failure, right? People ah. fail at a thing. You fail at a thing. You fail at a thing. You're not a failure. And you probably heard that before. Yep. Right? But what that kind of what you just described is when someone says they're putting down their, their own achievements, they're putting this down. It's never good enough you're kind of in a way making a choice right there, making a choice to live a certain way that really is a guaranteeing that you will never have the success that you want. You'll never have the happiness and joy that you want. And it's just sort of counterproductive. And you will always be slave to everybody else's expectations. Yes. yes. You're, you're, you're totally right. Uh, any, let's see, I know I'm just keeping track of time. <laughs> we got five minutes left what's the number one thing you've learned or number one lesson from the Grand Canyon you would want to share with people who are, you know, who, who might be struggling, who might be trying to live true. They're trying to push themselves. You know, what's the number one lesson that you would share with them? It's hard to narrow it down. Mm -hmm. but the thing that comes to mind, my mind first 
And it sounds maybe trite uh, a little bit, maybe overused or cliche, whatever, but it's true. And that is that you can do hard things and it's good for you. If you embrace them, you can have the, you can have an incredible life. If you embrace them, you can have the things that you're hoping for. Um, life just doesn't give you things right on a silver platter. Uh, society is so much sort of built around this notion that you can press, press a, you know, click here and get instantaneously, you know, like on-demand movies, you know, swipe here, click here and instantaneous um, rewards. And I think you talked about millennials earlier. I think that society is not their fault. They have, they have been trained. They have been lied to by society and very clever marketing people that you can get things of great value with no effort, no exchange of value to trade for that. And it's just not, it's just not the case, right? And so um, the way to get those things oftentimes is, is, is doing hard things and you can do hard things one step at a time. We're living true with JT. Uh, powerful words. Jared, thank you for coming on the show today. We're definitely going to have you on again. We didn't get a chance to even talk about your book. Uh, definitely we'll have to have you back on again. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Absolutely, Jared. Thank you for inviting me. I had a lot of fun. It's great talking with you. Likewise. It's been an honor being here. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that episode. Jared is just such an authentic guy. As you you know noticed, he got pretty emotional there a couple of times. Uh, he's so passionate about what he does and so passionate about helping people to live authentically. Um, and as we discussed, you know, a lot of time that comes through this process of, you know, feeling these limits, pushing at those limits, breaking through those limits, and then starting to see the potential of, wow, what's possible? What else, what else could we do? And, uh, you know, Jer Jared's experience with the Grand Canyon is similar to my own in some ways and uh, different in others. Um, but the fact that this guy continues to go back and keeps pushing himself to make that transformation is truly inspiring. So hope you love this episode. Would love to have you, you know, share this on social media, tag me, tag Jared, um, and let us know what your biggest takeaway was. And uh, certainly would love for you to leave a five-star review on iTunes or anywhere else where you're listening to podcasts. And uh, that helps us get this message out and uh, help more people more fully. So again, hope you're really taking uh, action from an episode like this because without it, you know, it's just it's just something we listen to to pass the time. So until next time, my friends, please, if we can help you here at Greer Method, um, no matter what you're facing, we probably have a coach who can help you. So um, give us a call, shoot us an email, and uh, let's get started on that transformation journey today. Until next time, we'll see ya.